Well, greetings, friends, listeners, and viewers of CHP Talks. I'm here for another exciting time with my good friend, Jeff Clark. Uh, Jeff, thanks for joining us today, and I'm going to give you a little intro as soon as you have a chance to say hello. Hello and greetings, yeah. Rod, my my friend and colleague and mentor. Yeah. Very thankful to have this time together. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to just tell you a little bit about Jeff. I happen to be once again in a Tim Hortons, this time in Port Perry, Ontario. I was out for Elections Canada meetings and other events and meetings with folks, but um, this is my studio for this week, and next week I'll be back home again. Uh, the good news is uh, Tim Hortons does not charge me for the studio fees, and I don't charge them for advertising uh, their good coffee. So uh, my friend Jeff Clark lives close by us, a couple of blocks away in Telqua, northwestern British Columbia, with his Finnish wife, Amelia. They have four incredible children, ages 16 to 23. Now, Jeff studied wildlife management and forest ecology and worked in wildlife research throughout Northern Canada. He's worked as a national park warden, which is a career he loved for 16 years in several Rocky Mountain parks, Quebec National Parks and Wood Buffalo National Park. Jasper was his home and favorite national park where he met his wife, Amelia. Several years after a powerful salvation experience, Jeff began a new career as a full-time missionary in 1998 for Youth with a Mission. Along with Melia, they have served in all eight circumpolar nations with a calling and a passion for the people of the North. Their children were raised in this environment and homeschooled. One highlight of this mission life was serving at the world's northernmost YWAM base in Arctic Norway. YWAM is Youth with a Mission. Some of Jeff's early mission experiences were with the Sami indigenous people of Arctic Norway. Jeff and Amelia were married by a Sami pastor 26 years ago. Another part-time ministry, the Northern Hockey Lads, NHL, was uh, initiated in 2010. And this involves taking hockey players from Canada, amateurs, not professionals, uh, but from Northern British Columbia to teach hockey and to play teams uh, friendship evangelism in Lapland, Finland, Northwestern Russia, Belarus, Kyrgyzstan, and Kazakhstan. Canada, among those nations, a very popular and well-respected hockey nation. And much of the time, he, he also spends on evangelism. The next possible location is Mongolia. Jeff and his wife, Amelia, began taking biblical counseling courses. That's what we're going to be talking about today in 2008. So what began as a mission tool and a personal development tool has led to full-time ministry. Jeff is now president of the ministry called Institute of Biblical Counseling International. The ministry began in 1998 and offers a 10-week course in biblical counseling and a one-week introductory course called Healing the Pain of the Heart. Anyone have pain in your heart? This course may be for you. The IBCI vision is to see lives transformed through biblically-based counseling. The counseling model serves to expose and address issues of the heart to help individuals deal with personal struggles and to learn to care for others. Courses have been taught throughout Canada, Greenland, Finland, Faroe Islands, Poland, and many other nations. Now, Jeff also loves spending time in the outdoors 
and with his precious family. So, uh, Jeff, with that uh, bit of an introduction, uh, thank you so much again for joining me today and uh, look forward to seeing you in person in about a week. So, uh, it's a pleasure. Yeah. You just got back from a trip to Edmonton where you were working with uh, YWAM. You want to tell us anything about that? What your recent trip? And I'll, I'm now on my own trip, so <laughs> we'll, we'll have to compare notes. We often uh, pass in the night there as you come home and I leave or vice versa. Yeah, there's well-worn trails out of Telqua yeah. to different parts of Canada and the world. Of course, they're starting to grow in a bit, but we're going to have to fix that. Yes. So uh, how did you get involved in biblical counseling? Take us back a little bit. Well, uh, it first started when we were serving with YWAM in Arctic Norway, and we were exposed to it through a close friend who was director of Youth with a Mission in Greenland, where he started to host the courses. I invited him to come and teach at our base in Norway, more uh, curiously for him to help our staff with different difficulties, little knowing that it would affect me personally and, and my wife, Milia in the years to come. So I was very touched to see how it really did help our staff and students. And when we relocated back to Canada in 2007, my wife took the first module of the 10 course program, three week module here in British Columbia. And I was very um, touched by the changes in her life just with three weeks of biblical counseling input. And that encouraged me to start taking the courses myself. Wasn't easy um, because it was a big unknown area. And, um, but I'm so thankful that I did begin taking the training. Why do people, you know, generally the ones who come to your course, uh, why do they decide to do it? Like what, what are the uh, kinds of issues that, that people are dealing with that they think, I, I think I could benefit from biblical counseling? Well, like you said at the start, does anyone have pain? I think we all have pain or different losses or traumas in life. That is just part of the the course of life and so a lot of people um, are um, attracted to the course really to help with their personal struggles and hurts a lot of people don't know what to do with their hurts or even that they they have them and so some of these things may be anger or things that have happened from parental wounds or sexual abuse and the different issues that arise from that and so um, that's a big reason that they'll come. And some people like myself were attracted originally as a ministry tool, not knowing that it would become a great personal benefit. How, how do people deal with painful memories? Um, you know, I know that you have a three week course, uh, dealing with that. You said it's actually a 10 week course. There's a different sessions that take place in, in subsequent years. Is that how it works? Yeah, we have, we offer a 10 course program with a diploma conferred from Providence Theological Seminary near Winnipeg. 
and that's in um, different modules, three different modules, usually offered over a, a two-year span. And then we also have a one-week introductory course called Healing the Pain of the Heart. And actually, we offer that several times during the year, and where a lot of people get help from that, but also will usually go on to take the 10-course program. Sure. So that's what I was kind of getting at is that this is very deep but, and I've talked to people who have taken the course uh, that you, when you've been putting the course on and, and they often, uh, you know, find out there's more to deal with than they realized in their own lives. Uh, but um, in, a, in a few words or a couple of sentences, can you uh, sum up the, the gist of what it is when people begin dealing with painful memories? Uh, you know, what are the, some of the factors in uh, overcoming, you know, the debilitating effect of, of uh, trauma and painful memories? Well, that's a very good question. And we do go beneath the surface, beneath the iceberg, as we say, where a lot of our um, negative behavior and pain is hidden. So it's a process to help reveal that, including the memories. We can't change the past, the things that have happened to us, but we can learn through healing to make better choices that affect the future. Often we're left with, with painful memories, but through um, the process of biblical counseling, having loving counselors walk alongside of us in our pain, we can uh, learn to accept what's happened and follow uh, through to forgiveness and repentance on our, which really becomes part of our healing journey in life. And often um, memories are very hidden because of traumas and different painful losses. And through the process of counseling, um, often through telling stories, um, memories may surface than things that were long forgotten or buried. So it's important that we don't leave things buried to impact us in life. Um, you mentioned that you took the course yourself, not realizing that you would end up getting involved in uh, teaching courses, or especially now that you are president of the organization. Um, is that common for people who, who take the course uh, for their you know, personal journey uh, that they end up wanting to get involved in helping others uh, with counseling, with emotional healing? Uh, it's a whole combination, Rod. Um, for myself, uh, originally I took it as a ministry tool, but it was so impacting both for myself and my wife, Milia, and what we learned in terms of our, our personal pain, um, learning to be better parents, um, many of these different qualities, we received a lot of help from it. And so we just continued to work with it as a ministry. But some people come in for many different purposes, maybe to get more counseling training. The course serves to help us find healing for our own hurts, but also to equip us to help others and so it can be a combination both personal and to uh, continue as a counselor and again because 
Um, our program has been attached to a Christian university. There has been a pattern where some will use credits from the course to continue on with a master's training. So um, is the, uh, how, how do people decide <laughs> is the course for me? I'm sure a lot of people hear about the course and they think, oh, I wonder whether I should get involved. Uh, there might be financial concerns or there might be uh, how deep is this gonna go? Or it might be, do, can I spare the time to take this course? And what do you think, uh, how do people make that determination? You know, what are the deciding factors when people say, yeah, I've, I've got to take this course. I, I need this for my own life. And uh, what do you think drives people to, to make a decision? Well, again, um, I believe it's a combination of different reasons. Um, we do advertise, but a lot of it is word of mouth. And a lot of the courses have been held in many small communities across the north in Canada and different parts of the province. So word gets out, particularly the testimonies of those that have taken it. You've heard some yourself and um, how that has helped people in their lives. So, of course, that's a natural draw to taking the course. Some of it is recommendations um, from friends or, or churches um as a source to to find help for somebody so again quite a a combination really um yeah it's a whole um combination of different effects is it uh, common for couples to take the course together do you have a lot of couples that come to take the course we do actually and millie and i were one very good example of that as i mentioned the the uh, the great benefits for our marriage and learning about parenting i'm an older father but not too old and uh, so never too late to learn these principles to to learn to love others better and to be a better father and and spouse and community member but we do find it quite uh, common for couples and we have seen couples receive help and that includes both the teaching and the counseling that we offer, the one-to-one -one counseling and um, different interventions to, uh, to help people. What, what would be the youngest age of someone that would consider taking the course? And I don't know if it's any different with the one-week introductory course or the full. I mean, I know uh, young people, teenagers are basically busy in school and sports and various things, and they may not even have Although many have uh, suffered pain, uh, they may, I'm not sure you can tell me, are, are they ready to begin dealing with that pain and to understand uh, where, where that fits in in their life? Uh, anyway, what's the youngest age of people that generally take the course? The youngest student that I've had in my courses was 16 years old. And the, the mother who was a graduate of the course attended with her and um, that was very significant. And I believe she really learned a lot already about the, the painful effects in her life and uh, how to respond to that and get the help that's needed. Our children uh, grew up exposed to the effects of the courses Millie and I experienced because they came with us to the course locations 
And of course, they would hear us debriefing on it. And so I think they've actually um, picked up on some of the, the benefits of it. But um, Rod, there are so many uh, challenges for youth and teens these days that um, <clears throat> we're starting to see that it's important to develop more of a teen curriculum as well to uh, help so many of the troubled teens and the incredible challenges that they're facing. Many of the issues that I'm thankful that uh, Christian Heritage Party is is hoping to address for our nation. Yes, and thank you. We uh, we talk often, you and I do, about <clears throat> the challenges for not not only teens but all of our citizens citizens in this country to <clears throat> maintain a balanced uh, life in terms of their you know emotional health, their sexual health. Uh, financial health and well-being and, and there's so there are so many challenges out there and so uh, i think it's good to see this work going on in different aspects of society and your personal touch with people in their in their uh, inner workings of their mind and their heart their conscience and memory is very important um where, where and i don't know if you wanted to comment on that but i wanted to ask you uh, where these courses have been held in the past and where they're going to be held in the future. I would like to add a comment to what you yeah. just said yeah. to complement uh, the great work and blessing of Christian Heritage Party in a way. I was just thinking that we do have similar parallels, how you're fighting for family and faith and freedom and, and life. And in a way, uh, we're on a parallel track, helping to counsel and teach these things. So we, in a way, we work in a compatible direction we need all the help we can get for sure so so uh, wh where have you held the courses maybe most recently and over the years uh, uh you know how far does your uh how far do you reach in terms of being able for people being able to attend well as a ministry it's far reaching and we work together as colleagues in different locations across Canada, where we come together uh, at course locations to, uh, to counsel and to, to teach. The course was initiated by a ministry in 1998, actually started in a small community in Nunavut, and it's expanded um, to many other communities across the Arctic and, and uh, the northern parts of the provinces in many uh, First Nation and Inuit communities. But it's also expanded over the years into Greenland, as I mentioned, through uh, the host ministry of Youth with a Mission. And actually in Greenland, the, uh, the ministry spent about 11 years and I think 40 trips from Canada. That's a great campfire story. Um, that ministry, in fact, Youth with a Mission Greenland, my director friend Errol Martins is writing a book but uh, Greenland right now is hosting and teaching the courses themselves, the Greenlanders, which is part of the purpose of the course for conducting it in different nations, but from Greenland over to my wife's home country of Finland. So throughout Finland there, up into places like Faroe Islands, um, Poland, we've had a, a course in Arctic, Northwest Arctic Russia, and uh, several other nations across the world. 
Myself, the area I'm mostly responsible for is Northwest Canada. So from the Western Northwest Territories through to Yukon, Alaska and Northwestern British Columbia. So quite a large region to serve. Yep, very good. Um, so I have to ask you because it's in every conversation uh, these days, how, how has COVID affected your ability to offer this course over the past couple of years? Well, COVID of course came in very unexpectedly and uh, it has been very disruptive. The last course we were able to teach was in December 2019 at a First Nations community in Northeastern British Columbia. And we are a very relational ministry. So it's very important for us, all the different communities we go into, some of it represents years of building relationships and doors that start to open, a very significant process. So a lot of the, um, um, the places where we held courses right across the world basically shut down as it did with many other ministries and institutions in the world. Our own host ministry, Youth with a Mission, a lot of missionaries came home. So we haven't been able to conduct courses since then. And we started to do more online preparations, a lot of Zoom meetings, revising materials. But it wasn't until recently that we've been able to start courses when the COVID passports were lifted in British Columbia. So it's been, yeah, it's been very tough um, not being able to go out. And uh, again, a uh, huge impact on um, just stopping everything. When and where is the next course that our listeners, if there are people that are interested in pursuing this, where's the next course going to be available? Thankfully, we've been able to start the courses again. Right here in Smithers, British Columbia in May, we had the one week healing the pain of the heart course and another workshop called Hope and Healing for the Sexually Abused. And I'd like to mention that we also work in partnership with Rising Above, which is another counseling type ministry in Canada, First Nations, reaching out to First Nations. So we're hoping for more courses in First Nation communities and to continue. So very good question. We've had to start the whole process, get the whole momentum of courses going and so that started now. Um, a big part of that is getting our module, three-week module courses. We used to have those staggered at different intervals during the year, both in Canada and in Northern Europe. So we need to start the process again. We did have one at the beginning of June held at Providence Theological Seminary, a module one, the first part of our 10-course program. And many requests have come in from around Northwest Canada at different communities, inviting us to come and, and conduct the courses, as well as uh, started to open up in Europe, Faroe Islands, they've been the first place to uh, invite us in internationally. So we're thankful that it's, it's opened up again and uh, we're able to travel and go to these places. Yeah. 
So uh, how can people learn more about the biblical counseling and pain of the heart and, uh, you know, more about the courses themselves? Well, they can go to our website and that would be www.ibcinternational.net. So the word international in there, the full word? Yeah, ibcinternational.net, okay. www. If you just Google Institute of Biblical Counseling International, that should come up. We're also on Facebook okay. as Institute of Biblical Counseling International. And people are certainly welcome to contact me by email, and I'll give that to you. It's GW Clark with an E at the end of Clark. Jeff with a G, Clark with an E, at ProtonMail, M-A-I-L, dot com. G-W Clark at ProtonMail, dot com. Very good. I was going to tell people the spelling of your name is G-E-O-F-F, and then Clark with an E. So uh, Part of my pain is how I've grown up with people getting my name spelled incorrectly. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Jeff, it's been a real pleasure speaking to you today, and uh, we really value the important work you and your team are doing. And uh, so many of us, I think every, every person has pain in the heart that they need to recognize and deal with and it's a lot better to do that in the context of a, uh, a biblical worldview than just uh, as some people lash out or you know try to hide the pain bury the pain with with drugs or whatever but uh, there is a way and and uh, your uh, person who has has grabbed onto that way and, and is able to share it with others a way of dealing with the pain and uh, dealing and healing with the pain of the heart so thank you very much jeff clark i i b c i and um and my neighbor in telco bc thanks for your time today jeff thanks rod see you when you get home all right take care all right bye thanks for listening to chp talks for more content you don't want to miss be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast chp talks You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. To view our weekly episodes in a video format, you can find us on Brighteon at brighteon.com forward slash channel forward slash CHP Canada. On BitChute at bitshoot.com forward slash channel forward slash CHP Canada. Now, social media censorship and the cancel culture have restricted what we can discuss on YouTube. But most of our programs can still be found on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash CHP Canada. Thanks for joining us. Please share this information with others. After all, speaking the truth is an act of love. I'm Rod Taylor, National Leader of CHP Canada and your host of CHP Talks. See you next week.